What is going on, guys? This is the Cloud9 Podcast, Season 3, Episode 13. So, yeah, we didn't have an episode last week because the Rumble stage, like, immediately happened, like, directly after the other stage of games took place. So, what ended up really going on is I thought to myself, since the Rumble stage and the previous stage were like pretty much back to back insanely quickly in terms of you know me eating out your mom's ass okay i'm just fucking with you guys i'm just fucking with you guys okay so what basically ended up happening was that the msi 2022 stage one and two took place like so quickly between each other that it really didn't leave us any time to do like a cloud nine podcast episode like last week so what I ended up actually doing was that I just soaked up all the games. I watched pretty much all the games, actually. No, I know I watched all the games. And what I ended up doing was I just took a break off. You know, I hadn't actually ever took a break from the channel. Like, I remember I had never actually taken a break from this channel specifically. Like, my main YouTube channel, I've never taken a break from that. But I realized to myself, I started this channel up with my friend around the November 2018 period that's when like you know rush was gonna be on echo fox crazy times back in the day right so yeah i just realized to myself i had never actually taken a break uh from the channel so i just literally used you know last week as a chance to you know just take a break really quickly come back and just come back all refresh you know but i watched all the games anyway so i wasn't really quote-unquote taking a break uh anyway because i pretty much you know, literally was watching the games, uh, going on Twitter, checking the narratives about certain teams. Uh, Cloud9 put out a video about their roster for the LCS 2022 summer split. We had a lot of off-season news that came up for certain teams. Uh, the good old, like, NAEU arguments that always seem to be happening every single goddamn time. I, I love how they're like, Please, NA, shave our shot during that PSG game. And then it's like, fuck you, NA, during the G2 game. That You know, it's a bunch of children there. That was really weird. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. Okay, Holy yo, so shit. Do, do EU fans, like, know how to make jokes? Like, this is actually concerning. I think they need to see, like, a doctor. Like, literally, the only thing they know how to do is just saying, NA will never win worlds, lol. And then gets just a thousand likes from it on Twitter. Like, that's all they know. How to do. Holy fuck. My fucking <laughs> dead grandfather knows how to make better jokes in this. Like, dude, I don't really get it with some people. Like, you know how in, like, league tournaments, sometimes another team needs another team to win so that they can get through. But then, like, when that team that they need to win actually wins for them, then if they face each other and that other team that needed you to win, you beat them. Now you're just a fucking joke. It's like, well, this is my thing here is I didn't expect EG to beat G2 at all because they already beat them five times. It's like, guys, if any of you thought EG were actually going to beat G2, I, and I understand G2 were having a slump in that period. They had lost their last five games straight, you know, but you have to factor in G2 had already pretty much beaten EG to the point where like, I don't think anyone should have expected EG to beat them, you know, even when G2 were obviously faltering. 
you know? And I know the biggest topic came up, which was pretty much about the, like, the MSI format. I personally think the MSI format needs to change. And Riot, Riot, you know, should definitely look into that. Like, if enough fans clamor for it, Riot has been shown in the past to definitely change it, you know? Like, Riot definitely needs to fucking change up the MSI format. It's really, really bad. Like, there's no level of discrepancy between, like, how strong a team is versus how weak a team is. Like, pretty much all the major regions just beat the shit out of the minor regions. And I was telling Warren and Sean on the show, too, like, these guys aren't going to really drop games to those guys like that. They're not that good, you know? Like, I know the wildcard regions have been kind of building up a little bit. Nothing they do is ever going to, like, be enough for major regions. I know G2 lost to PSG Talent and, and Songun Buffalo. But, like, if you take yeah. LPS and LCK and LPL, their records against them, like, they're just not that good, guys. It, and, like, I, I'm so confused, though, by, like, these stand-ins at MSI right now. So, hold on. So, it, they say Wildcats got 11th in the smallest amount of cash, even though they play the same and with the same record as team a's but they got nine through 10th in a higher money pool oh, what where's the logic here like are you seeing this shit we looked at the prize pool this makes no sense i sent you a link in private chat okay uh, so like, my fuck. thing my thing here with the msi format currently right now is like the wild card teams just don't get a chance they just don't like like, guys, let's mm-hmm. be completely honest here. If Red Candidates face Team 1, they are going to get destroyed. It doesn't really matter how good they play in their region. It doesn't matter because their region is inherently weaker. Because I know people like to compare um, NALC regions. It's very visibly, provenly, factually shown from this tournament. There is a reason why they are considered minor regions. Okay, guys? It's very, very clearly shown there's a there's a yeah, huge like discrepancy between NA so and like everyone that, else. That, that NA is basically a minor region. Like, fuck off. They're, they've been clear. There's clearly a big gap between them and minor regions over the years. I keep showing. They were literally better than EU yet last year at World. So if NA is a minor region, so is EU. Especially because they played the same at this MSI. And they also EU also played shit at MSI last year. They were just lucky that Clown 9 was so inconsistent. Or Matt probably wouldn't have even made it out of groups. Like, holy fuck. Like, there's clearly a huge gap. Unlike LMS, which then became PCS, a minor region, where you could see the regression, where they literally would, like, older teams would go 0-6 and in groups, like an actual minor region. Yeah, I remember, like, when they were called, like, the LMS before the LMS got absorbed essentially to the LPL, like, LMS teams were literally going 0-6 in groups. Yeah, 0-6. Back-to-back like, years. Back even back though they're number actually. one seed. So, yeah, they're actually a minor region now. And they, like, if you still see their results, like, sorry, there's still a huge gap. Like, they're just the fourth mm-hmm. best. Oh, well. Like, I guess NA just has to be pretty much stuck on being the fourth best, which is, that's fine. At least, at least you're not considered a, a minor region. Because a minor region, as we'll talk about later on, you can visibly see why they're bad. Like, as I told Warren and Sean in our uh, last show that we did, literally not – last week but the week before there's a reason why they're considered minor regions they're just not that good and you can see it in their gameplay in their prep in their macro in their laning in their decision making around the map when it comes to objectives they're just bad all the way around you know mm-hmm. and it's not their fault it's just what it is for them it's not their fault 
But you have to kind of take that and you have to kind of go, okay, they're not as good as LCS, LEC, LCK, LPL, but we have to kind of give them their fair shot too. So yeah. I think any MSI format moving forward has to deal with that. Like they have to pretty much give them a fair shot at letting them showcase their strength. Mm-hmm. Also introducing double elimination. Why are we not doing double elimination at international tournaments? Like, Yeah, it, it's it, dumb. It, essentially, the regional leagues have introduced double elimination. I think the only one that doesn't have double elim is LCK, right? That's the only major reason it doesn't have it. I'm pretty sure they don't have double elim. No, the LCK does not have double elim from what I know. Yeah, they, they, they don't. It, it's dumb. But yeah, look at this shit here, though. How does this make sense? Okay, first off, why is Wildcats at the very bottom with the lowest, you know, pull and the lowest placement when they had the same record and placement in their group as Team Ace? And then look at this. Order automatically gets higher fucking cash pull and placement just because their group was only three teams over detonation focus. How does this make any sense? This this prize pool (laughs) makes no sense. And, And and, you know, if they wanted to fix this before, why, why not just then get, like, the second seed from PCS as well, just, like, the second seed from uh, VCS to fix it so you have fucking 16 or 12 team or whatever it is. Like, for fuck's sake, this is dumb. Like, like, like what is this format at MSI? Uh, God, like, the MSI format just needs to change. And I think adding in the second-place teams from major regions, to me personally, would be a huge benefit. But... People would say, how's that a benefit for the minor regions? Simple. You just schedule around them. Like, the reason why I think Mark Z explained you don't do the international wildcard tournament is because there it's hard to, to secure uh, sponsors for a tournament like that. The viewership isn't very good. Whereas when they combined the minor region games with the major region games, it gave people a bigger of incentive to watch the games together. Now, if you have an MSI format where you want to incorporate the minor regions and give them a chance to showcase their skills, they can't really be going up against LCS, LEC, LPL, and LCK teams. Now, I know people memed on G2 losing to PSG Talent and uh, Sinun Buffalo, but G2 still handily beat Order, which is OCE, which is a minor region, you know? So I think it was the fact that wasn't the LCS – eight and zero against minor regions just from this tournament alone. Like it's still very mm-hmm. proven LCS is better than minor regions, guys. I like I don't people don't want to accept that. I don't people just think it's a meme. Yeah, people these are, are just all the stupid. results. It's like, oh they they lost one meaningless fucking game against uh P- Pentanet GG last year and then oh they lost one meaningless game against fucking detonation focused me where it didn't matter at all because they were either Face in yeah. fucking Brazil or Oceanic in the best of five afterwards anyway. Yippee. Wow, they're like, definitely worse, guys. Like, it's just people who just say stupid shit just because they want to just, like, flame mm-hmm. North America. And yeah, guys, I, I swear to God, EU fans are, like, they, they need to, like, find, find where their sense of humor went. Like, it, they, they do not know how to meme at all. It's actually sad. Like, I made a fucking tweet yesterday, mm-hmm. uh... Uh, under like berserkers tweet where i was obviously being like uh uh you know he was like shit i don't want to go to the military and then every i was like mm-hmm. yeah don't worry just stay in na get a green card and then i made a tweet of like his bucket uh, a sarcastic tweet of his bucket list goals i said stay in na acquire a green card make millions and then the last five i intentionally made the most sarcastic <laughs> including winning worlds obviously as na 
I put it in between <laughs> discovering aliens and becoming a literal god. And, and but then some idiot EU fan didn't understand. I was that was obviously part of the joke, and then he just wrote a reply saying. Uh, step one, staying in NA automatically disqualifies winning worlds. <laughs> I'm so funny. And then he just gets like a thousand likes. I'm like, are you fucking peep? Is your brain like swollen or something? Like, holy fuck. Yes, thank you for explaining the joke. I, that, that's the only joke that you knows how to do. They're just like, NA won't win worlds. Lol. Wow. What a great sense. Of, Great humor. <laughs> right, can you think of anything else? No, no, okay. Go go suck Carlos off again, okay. <laughs> Holy fucking shit, dude. Like, that's my biggest problem with like some of the EU fans is that they just take everything so serious. Like, it's just unneedlessly taking everything so serious. Like, I get it. The LEC and Europe are better than NA. I, Anyone with yeah. a logical yeah, brain when knows Carlos that. Carlos fucking had a meltdown, fucking crying over Freaks's fucking tweets about him when he was obviously being sarcastic, <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh fuck you, and it sucks." Wah. Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up, God, Carlos. Fucking, all right, don't you have like some fucking cartel shit you need to do? Oh my goodness, this man's crazy. So this is my thing, guys. Like anyone with half a brain knows that EU is better than NA. If this tournament. Didn't already prove that. I don't know what else the LEC has to do to show that. Now, I'm just a man enough to admit that to you. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to tell you NA is better than EU or EU is better than, than NA in a single context that doesn't really matter for what we're trying to explain to you in a given year. Because, like, any given year, NA could be better than EU or EU could be better than NA. Yeah, it's like they keep forgetting that. It's like NA was better at like all of 2016 with CLG, what, what, they went and they uh, actually went MSI. six and zero against EU that whole year. G CLG beat G2 four times that year, and TSM beat Splice yeah. twice, which will give you six zero. Yeah, they literally in 2016. Yeah, they destroyed them in groups at Worlds. And they won Ridge and Rivals MSI, the next year. They made finals, so all of 2016 they were better. T 2017 mm. was uh. Mm, and it was honestly pretty, pretty even as well. Honestly, 2017 was pretty damn even if it wasn't basically the only reason why people think EU was better than NA in 2017 was because of fucking Cody's Immortals, Immortals choking their yeah, fucking no, balls just off. Just Cody's son. <laughs> just Cody's son. All right. If, if not for that, they could have been called better. And then, you know, 2018 mm -hmm. uh, fucking... Yeah, I mean, EU was slightly better there, definitely, obviously, I mean, because of G2, and then 2019, obviously better, 2020, obviously better, but then 2021, NA was better. Know, 2018 was relatively even as well, because remember, TL, well, it, it, it was, TL, lost, just... TL lost to Fnatic in the tiebreaker for to get out of the group stage. Remember, if TL had beaten Fnatic in that tiebreaker, TL would well, make well, top no, no, it, it, it was, uh, I, like, wait, what was again? Uh, wait, was 20... it Fnatic? Fnatic made um, World's Finals that year. I'm talking about MSI in... No, no, but you're thinking of another one. It, it, no, it was at uh, EDG beat uh, KT Rolster in a game that made them... 
have a higher. Oh, record. you're talking about when like yeah. people say KT threw against e- e- EDG or some shit. I don't know yeah. if that was ever true. Well, but... I mean, if it wasn't for that though, Team Liquid could have made it out because they looked way better than EDG if it wasn't for KT Rolster fucking choking against EDG in that one game, and then. <laughs> well, to be fair, again, like, RNG PL was already make... dismantled by Cloud Nine. That probably helped G2's fucking wit- series win in the best of five, and then they just got dick I mean, stomped by it also IG. Didn't help. It also didn't help that TL was looking pretty shitty in that week one, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't... This is the thing. You can't bank on other teams winning for you to get out. Like, TL played legitimately bad in that. And, and they actually played pretty horrible in, at in their group stage. It, they only just looked good in, like, isolated games. And like, I, 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 I'm just pissed off, though, that, like... Because that Cloud9 versus Fnatic series, like, it could have been a banger. could have been neck and neck. But Cloud9, like... For the whole fucking week leaving up to it, where it went like 0 and 50 and fucking scrims and were well, just like collapsing, which is why they played so mm-hmm. bad. Like, my uh, thing with that is, I I think they just had a. What's the thing that I could really attribute to that? I think they just played with no restraints at all and they played a style that they said they actually got from Vitality that worked out very well for them. But in reality, it's it's not to say that, that they were like really shitty. But they weren't like great though. And then when you eventually face better teams than you, because Fnatic actually just were legitimately better. They were just like legitimately better as players overall. So like mm-hmm. going in, I was like, I think Cloud9 can win. But it's like if Fnatic have the better players, then nine times out of ten, they're gonna beat them, you know? Because mm-hmm. realistically, Cloud9 probably shouldn't have even gotten as far as they did, but they played very well to get to that point. But eventually you're gonna hit the part where you just face a better team than you, like with eight, like with the H2K. Back in 2016, people were yeah. like, oh, yeah, you made top four at Worlds 2016. Yeah, man, the easiest group stage and quarterfinals ever. My God, what an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You beat INTZ and AHQ and Albus Knox Luna. Congrats, yeah. dude. Good, oh, good, good job, Good job, guys. And, and you beat an EDG who were playing so bad, my eyes completely – I contemplated stabbing my eyes out looking how bad they were playing. Mm-hmm. It was that bad. Oh, but they made top four. Yankles does yeah. himself doesn't hey, even hey, care. Listen, man, I'm just saying that that they, they should get get back Rikara, the uh, world's oh, legend. About, I don't think so. Uh, not about that. Uh, you're crazy. Hey, 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 I mean, you want to know a crazy fact? No. I mean, Cody, he, he, even though he didn't play at one of them because he was fucking benched over Rikara. Uh, I mean, so he made like worlds three or four times, but in the group stage, his records, I'm pretty sure he has won two games. You know, he won. It, like 2017 mm-hmm. it, as Immortals, he won those two games. And then 2018, he didn't win any because he was benched. And 2019, he went 0-6 with Clutch Gaming. So mm-hmm. he won two games out, out of all those three times he went to Worlds as supposed to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Rikara, uh, when he played for him, won two games with 100 Thieves. So mm-hmm. he has a bet. <laughs> a, 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 as many wins as Cody's son with one world fucking Rikara, who has never played an LCS game before, ever, and never will. You know, that's just, had to bring that up. There's a fun fact for you guys. So, for me, personally, like, the whole NA versus EU thing, guys, you ask any person in any given year, you're going to get different results. I think this year... By just how many times G2 was beaten EG, I, I'm pretty sure EU is better this year. Like, I, I don't know, guys. Like People keep saying, oh, yeah, well, EG, they took one game off the LCK, and G2 also did that themselves. 
I mean, yeah, also we're going to have to wait till Worlds, because, uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's just... As of right I mean, now, as of right now, beginning better, better than PSG, PSG better than fucking EU, EU better than that. I mean, it, whatever, all, all, all these teams, all, all three of them just shit the bed, all of them can, are taking the L's this year, and, I, unless I, one I of them know. makes finals. I think, I think it depends on, I guess, how you look at it, because like, people, cause people can say, well, G2 lost to PSG. They also defeated T1 and RNG. Yeah, so we're going to have to wait for Worlds, obviously. Because, like, this is the thing. Because this is the thing. Like, Worlds will give you a better indication of the the rivalry because there's three teams going rather than one. But EG themselves lost literally every single game against actual major regions, and they won one game. And that was because Team 1 were – people want to talk about throwing. Team 1 were – throwing pretty hard there mm-hmm. like that was i'm not saying they actually were trying to intentionally do that but that yeah, was some legitimate like beat, throwing yeah they won four games against minor regions and then one game against t1 <laughs> where they threw yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean he um yeah i mean he used better yeah i'm not i'm just saying i'm gonna need more though because g2 obviously has those higher ceilings with the teams they beat but i mean you could also but but you know with their inconsistency and just the teams they lost i'm mm-hmm. gonna need more and also you could say that rng and t1 like the first in their first games when they went 2-0, you could say the exact same thing with T1 versus e- EG as well. So, I mean, I'm going to need more. All, all but T1 them showed just clown fiestas. Like, T1 showed weaknesses as well. Like, w- w- there, there's a well, game. Because of now, the pin and other things. So, but this the, is the thing. In their, in their first, like, couple days, a, T1 just got cocky, and then the rest of them is just But it had nothing issues. to do with that. It had nothing to do with that. They le- legitimately really didn't actually face substantial competition in their league outside of just it being the LCK. Like mm, a lot of a lot of, disagree, but a lot okay. of the teams they faced did not have have their main players. The first time they actually faced Gen G with Chovy, that was when he just recovered from COVID. Showmaker didn't have the best split at all. Also Damon did not have the best top laner at all. Like they they really didn't compete against any like substantially really amazing I mean, team. I, I, I disagree because I think it's the same thing with I mean, we're not going to talk about summer. I mean, that that didn't like prove anything. It was just dumb fucking collapse, and that doesn't uh, disprove how good they were before that. But Cloud mm-hmm. Nine in 2019, yeah, their league was extremely weak. But still, how it, when you watch them play though, like and just put inside there, like you could see they they know what they were doing. It it wasn't just the league being weak, and I think it was the same thing with T1. Like, yeah, their the league was weaker from COVID shit, but. No, they just had like insane macro and everything. Like I'm not saying they're bad, the but teams when you look at the obstacles surrounding them, it's like I I could see why they would play bad against these other teams because these other teams like EG, G2, RNG are actually challenging them at certain things. There's certain things I watched in those two games they were just getting away with for 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 free. They, like, they weren't even being contested on like very pivot pivotable things. Rift Herald actually invades that teams were going against, and they weren't just. Certain teams just letting them get away with stuff, you know? Now, to be fair, they were actually winning in the draft because like, their champions were really handily winning in lane, and also owner was kind of just running around the map killing everyone. But, like, that's the problem inherently when it comes to, like, these tournaments is, like, they could be very good or bad depending on T1. I don't think they've gotten exposed, you know, or anything like that. I, I think they played serviceably pretty but good If the overall. pin was normal, then they would be first right now. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the but what if the ping was fucked them over? What if the ping was right and they they would still have this red record? So what would you say about that? Uh, well, 
I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't point out scenarios that haven't that haven't existed, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, then obviously in that case, yeah. But, I mean... Because they mean, beat RNG the last I, game, I, right? I did mention this, like, the whole year, though. Like, well, while they went 18-0 and everything, and they looked like one of the best macro teams ever, I did point out that, yeah, Gumayushi was kind of running it down. He was being, like, way too confident, just, like, thinking yeah. his team will always cover for him, and it has been costing them now. That's the player that I was surprised with when he was playing that bad. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, well, he was doing that all year, basically. Like, I, I had seen him from the games that I actually got a chance to see. I saw him playing pretty well, but there was mistakes there you could point out and go, okay, maybe it's just Kyria covering up for them. But at this tournament, he's been getting caught out a lot. His laning phase has been not that not that great as a lot of people expected going in. He had, what, the highest isolated deaths for any AD carry in the tournament. This went from a team that is literally power ranked to win the tournament, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely telling as well. I think Faker now on T1 gets so much less credit because everyone only talks about Owner and Kyria and Zeus. It's like Faker's put in a lot of work. Like he's actually played legitimately good, mm-hmm. you know? He's played great. Like, I don't think he's dropped the laning phase at the tournament at all. Even against the games he lost against G2 and RNG. Like, he didn't drop laning phase. He was doing very well against them. It's just so sad that people now only look at Owner and Zeus and fucking uh, Kiri on the team. The same thing with RNG. It goes to Ben. Ben's had a great tournament. Ben has pretty much beat the shit out of any person he's faced. And Ben's a great top laner. Ben has played really well. Another laner on RNG that doesn't get any credit is Ming. Ming has was with Uzi, won titles with a completely different ADC now with, with Gala, wins international tournaments, and wins domestic trophies. Ming always getting underrated by a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. Xiaohu in mid lane, like, like I told people this before, Xiaohu's a good player, but he's nothing special. He's not, he's not a special mid laner. He's not going to 1v9 take up with the game unless his jungler way specifically plays for him, then he can do that. He's not going to just 1v9 take over by himself. And that's the problem with RNG. Like, after the Rumble stage, after watching all those games, like, Sangyung Buffalo started out pretty bad. Like, just the record that Sangyung Buffalo started out with, you knew that they were not going to get out. PSG Talon beating G2 twice was pretty surprising because every other major region had just clapped them it was so crazy how psg just beat g2 and then right after that eg just stomps them it's like how did g2 lose to that you're saying thing to yourself how did they lose to that now i think it was in their drafting that they started drafting extremely extremely bad like it was bad how g2 were drafting those they were mm-hmm. auto, auto drafting losing lanes to themselves completely some of the worst drafting i've seen picking a nivia into galio what is that that's horrible that was like awful like, I, I think them losing that game to PSG Talon really did hurt them, actually. Because it, it showed them that they were like, okay, our strategies are not working. Then they lost five games straight, and then they get that one win against EG. Like, subconsciously in, in my head, when I was watching that EG, you know, like, okay, EG are going to find their way to fuck this up. They're going to find their way to lose this game. And that's exactly what happened. They found their way to lose that game. How's that even possible? How did EG? That's the thing, because I know people right right now are praising EG. How can you praise EG when they lost to a team that was literally on a losing streak, five games straight, in an international no, tournament where you cannot, where you can't really just straight up adapt on the fly. You have to adapt to the different team you're gonna face. 
it's like people go like, well, uh, in, in scrims, EEG are doing very well against RNG. Scrims don't mean shit, guys. Scrims don't mean shit. Let's be honest here. Scrims do not mean anything. The only thing that matters is the stage games. You know, I guess scrims could have an indication of how bad a team could play. Uh, I think EG is going to be RNG 3 1. They're going to be RNG. I think Jojo Peon's going to pull out like the uh, Aurelian Soul and just stomp him. Oh my goodness. Jesus fuck, dude. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Let let me change the title right now live for you guys. Uh, Jensen on C9. Because we're going to go over that C9 video. That they put out a few days ago, actually. So let me just make sure the titles change. And I just signed out of this account and I signed back into my main one. But hey, uh, hey, I mean, I don't know how they're gonna do this season, but hey, now I can get a Jensen jersey finally. Oh my god, this guy's fucking crazy. So my my overall thoughts about the rumble stage is <sighs> there's so many things you could real real really say. It's all be a once. Now, this is what I didn't agree with. I don't agree and don't really align with the thought process that you can call someone a player or a team the best team in the world after two best and ones. That is so disingenuous. That is probably the most disingenuous thing you you could tell simple-minded, stupid people out there who will just believe anything a caster says. Now, I've said this before a lot of times. I've learned a lot from the casters over the years. I, I've learned a lot from them. I still learn things from them every single time I watch broadcasts, even though they might be a little biased towards certain teams, you know? But I think it's bad that you would call a team the best team in the world after they won TOBU once. Not only to mention that, a lot of people have vividly pointed out you do not say certain things like that day one of certain situations. So you do not want to call, let's say, Team Liquid the best team in the league when we get into summer for this year of the LCS 2022 spring split, the best team after week one, because anything can happen in a five day stretch. Okay. They call G2 the best team in the world, but the rest of the rumble stage hadn't even, hadn't even been played out yet. You know? Yes. They were the they, underdogs. They, they going said in. that. Mm -hmm. are, are, what? Unironically, they said G2 is the best team. Day one after they beat R RNG in team one. Now I get it. Um, because Those they were casters the underdogs. need to uh, lose their jobs. All like, I get it to a certain extent because G2 were the underdog undefeated team going up against them. But it's like, it's still day one, guys. It's day one and you cannot just throw that at the wall and expecting that yeah, I mean, narrative like, Unless to you're like making a joke. Like I made a, like it, there was some truth for it, but it was also like partly a joke where I said, if you're not predicting T1 to win this whole tournament, then you need to like... <laughs> You need to get out of here because I mean, obviously, upsets can happen. Yeah, so I I didn't mean that seriously, but I just said it because I mean, even with all the flaws you can point out about like T one, you can say the same with uh, G two and RNG coming into the tournament, except their high peaks that weren't the same as T one. So that's right, why. Yeah. But I mean, if you say something like that unironically, though, like they did with G two, um. Okay, yeah, never mind. You need to, like, find, like, a 50-foot, like, uh, leap, you know, just oh, jump roll. Dude, the whole G2 is trolling memes came back. I was like, guys, they are legitimately drafting like shit. I was like, mm -hmm. what the fuck is going on here? I'll show you guys how badly they were drafting against PSG Talent. I will show you right now. Let, 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 me, let me do some real actual drafting breakdown for you guys. Let, let, me, let, let me break it up for you. How about I just factually show you what I'm talking about? It's going to be so, so much easier. PSG Talent, there we go. So... Because me and Sean were going back and forth on Twitter about that Team 1-G2 game. And that was one where it's like, okay, okay that's a really – me and my friend were going back and forth about that. And I was like, 
I could see where you guys are coming from. But then this draft, no, this draft is bad from G2. This is legitimately shit. Here, I'll show you right now. Here, I'll show you. Here we go. I think this was their second game against PSG Talent. It's the one where they drafted Corky. No, no, I think that was the other game. I think this is the one where they drafted Anivia into Galio. Is it this one? No, no, no. This is the wrong one. I, I need the I need this one right here. This is the one we're talking about. Why oh, this, this is a great draft. What do you mean? This, this draft. Yep, this is a draft. Okay, so my my bad. The Galio pick was from the Fungu but Buffalo side. Okay, so this draft. Hey, what like what do you mean? This is great, man. What uh, I have in Corgi Poppy. Well, oh, that that's a great ADC pick right there. Oh lord. So PS PSG's comp. Because Kennen, Lee Sin, Syndra, Tristana, and Rel. Now, I know Rel had a huge comeback this tournament. And I like Rel. I actually think she's a cool support champion. Now, PSG has Engage. Rel, uh, well, they have Syndra stuns. Rel, Engage. Lee Sin, uh, Ward Hop, Kick, Flash. Then you also have uh, Hanabi, nice, uh, Kennen, Slicing, Maelstrom. So you have Engage. You have Team Fighting. You have Side Lane Pushing. You have all in, all in potential. Your burst damage with Syndra, Lee Sin, and Kennet is insane with your all in potential and your burst damage. What does G two have? They have okay. Uh, they, you have Nautilus knockup. They have a, uh, a Nautilus jungler knockup. who can like knock away one person. Uh, they have. I get, I get the poppy pick because you use it for disengage, but your entire ult is just disengage. Yeah, no, That's Gwen it. and fucking Corey get can fucking countered hard here. All Syndra has to do is just shove. Um, I'll, I'll call the players by name so you guys know who I'm talking about here. Bay. All Bay has to do with Syndra is to shove Caps's Corky in. Bay gets to move on the map. The reason why people prefer mages, guys. Here, I'll just explain it to you because a mage like Syndra, Victor, Azir, Oriana, Corky kind of counts as a mage is champion now too. When they can shove you in, when they can potentially now shove you in, you. Uh, get to make the first move on the map. So, so let's just say I'm Syndra and Sean is Corky. Now, if I'm trying to prep a dive on the bot lane, how would I do that? I have to now shove you in because my champion is inherently stronger than you. Go down bot and dive. Now, that inherently means you're going to be behind on tempo, the pace yeah, of the game. And uh, what all I would do in that position is just uh, flash the uh, Yumi emote. <laughs> Then you have uh, Broken Blade, and Broken Blade's not had a good tournament, guys. Like, I love G2, and I love RNG as well. They're my boys, but Broken Blade's not had a good tournament at all. You see that Riven game he was playing? You saw that Riven game? Holy shit, that was bad. Oh, my lord. Well, Holy you, should shit. Play, you should play that more often. That was pretty good. So, like, right here, Caps, he obviously has to try and side lane push, because that's the thing. You want to use your core key, put him in side lanes, push out the waves, use it for wave clear, all those many things. But they drafted Poppy as your disengage. Now, that makes sense, but Callista, I don't think, does really do anything right here. Broken Blade, uh, in this game specifically, kept getting caught out in side lanes. You also had um, the Gwen pick, which didn't really offer anything because he was just kind of playing Farm Simulator. You can see how the PSG draft was just so much better than G2s just by how much all-in potential they had and by how much they can actually just, I don't know, run at them and stun them. Yeah, but in the, listen, in defense to PSG, though, I said every other win they've had this tournament was literally like the fucking teams throwing. It wasn't yeah. actually them doing anything well. This game, 
while the other team drafted poorly, it didn't involve them throwing at least. And PSG played this comp clean as possible. So, so some credit there. Oh yeah, good job, Caps. Caps was like, you know what? I want to get out of this game. <laughs> Please oh, yes. get me out. Black it. He got one kill. Let's go. <laughs> oh, like Black it's on a. Yo, remember the fucking Caps was like, oh my god, yes, the comeback, yes, <laughs> the like, comeback. And they were four thousand gold down. They lost. Yeah, like, and they had all like, their turns. Like early game comp, but yeah, the comeback. And then what I also didn't really understand was that even if it's outside of Team 1, teams have just had really bad Baron calls throughout, like, the whole tournament, you know? They just had really bad Baron calls. I'm just being honest here. The Baron calls from a lot of these teams have not been good, namely Team 1. So this is an example of how G2 were just drafting really bad. They drafted even worse against uh, uh, Sanyu and Buffalo, actually. And I was sitting here going, like, damn, these guys are actually drafting like shit. These guys are like maybe their their mental state was like okay, uh, we might have to try and like change up our playstyle, but you don't really want to like change up your playstyle in that moment, game to game, because you don't even know if you can really execute on that actual style of play in that moment against a different team with the that with they themselves having a different playstyle. So that's yeah, my thing. Well, uh, listen, man, all I have to say is fucking Brazil should have been there. Fuck oh, okay. PSG. Okay, uh, yeah, time to talk PSG about... literally just fucking, we're just sitting there and other teams were like, here, have this win. Oh, thank you. Like, all oh, the fucking rumble stage. Holy fuck. This was the first game, G2 versus T1. You know, this is a definitely a heated rivalry between these two organizations, and they get to clash again in the MSI semifinals this week coming up. I'm so hyped for this match, actually. You know, because, guys, I still get hyped for these matches. I still do. And, man, having this be a hey, match well, in the semifinals. Why, don't, show, why don't you show the other one, MSK? Oh, I have to build a narrative here. I have to build uh-huh. a narrative. <laughs> no, but this one, I want to specifically just talk about the drafting. So even my friend and me talked about this, too. So T1's comp is Kennen, Viego, TF, Tristana, and Rel. G2 have Oren, Diana, Yasuo, Kalista, and Rakan. So T1's comp is all based around side lanes and uh, having TF go around the map and using stun cards to get picks off. Then you have Rel engage. You have Rel engage, TF stun card, uh, Kennen alt, Viego goes in. You guys understand that, right? Okay. You also have Tristana pushing down towers. That's great. G2's comp is all based in team fighting. The Diana Yasuo knockup combo and Rakan also having a knockup in his kit as well. Then you also have Oren with his own knockup. So if he lands that, it's pretty much just a, a team fight composition all built around Yasuo and Diana. So if T1 do not explode the game to at least a 10,000 goal lead, T1's comp basically have to get so far ahead that it doesn't matter if G2 team fights into them. Uh, and but, I don't like ever teams doing that. That's mm. way too risky. It doesn't matter how you play. Fucking, I, I, I hate Twisted Fate in these comps. I hate, Rao is just not very useful when it comes to, like, trying to go in into fucking comps like G2s with Yasuo mm-hmm. and shit. I, I really did not like this comp but from them. Uh, and the VA go, holy, I swear to God, it's like every fucking LCK and LPL jungler. When they're like, okay, I'm gonna have a shit game. Let's pick Viego. It's like that. That's like that's our signal for let's play shit every time. So as you guys can see, 
T1 have to get ahead. Their comp is all based around getting so far ahead with using TF's altar on the map, cannon flanking, or potentially diving with the cannon. You also have your rel to go in to set up your dives a lot easier as well. So their comp literally falls off around that timer you see right there, that 20 minute right there. That's when this comp effectively falls off. You had owner who kind of del who kind of more or less so prolonged that with yeah. that triple kill. Right so there. I should correct myself though. That, that doesn't mean I'm saying they're playing bad on. They always play good on Viego because it seems like every mm. fucking jungler knows how to play Viego. But their team always somehow for some reason loses uh, <laughs> while they do well. Then right here is where G2 turns it around. So G2 know they have the better team fighting. So they just burst down one. This is why they do not pick row in that comp. So that's crazy. My friend also brought up the same thing as well. Yes, the rail pick doesn't really do anything with this specific comp past 20 minutes because the Rakan pick for the other comp is just simply better based on the champions that the Rakan pick team actually has. So G2 knew, I hope they knew this, that if you just simply burst down the rail and create a numbers advantage, because to be fair, even pro players, if you create a numbers advantage for certain teams, they're not going to fight you. That, that like why would you fight a 4v5 inherently by the numbers aspect alone you won't do that now i get it that, it, that that's gonna get debated amongst a lot of people anyway but then again they burst down the rail and then after that uh this team might look pretty close and then remember Oren having great disengage against um viego tf rel all of them like the Oren pick definitely is going to matter more than Kenny. Yeah, you, you can see the LCK crowd right there at the bottom right corner there. If you go back, you know, their souls dying right there. Zeus is like, you know what? Yeah, you guys want to see a bad cannon play? I got right there. I'm proving to you right there. <laughs> man, man I, I just love watching the Korean fans like souls die. <laughs> oh my god. So Holy fuck. right at this period point in the game g2's comp is already online anytime they use their knockups they're automatically going to get at least two kills yeah, yeah, they so how, how much were the eu casters sucking them dry uh this game? it was over nine thousand. good job carrier yeah, yeah good I, job, I think they dude. sucked them bone dry <laughs> it, it's like oh my god how are they doing it it's not like t1 drafted a shitty comp that's now useless at this time in the game holy <laughs> shit now g2's just this amazing they're going to win fucking worlds. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my thing as well. So if, if we go back to this moment right here in the game. Okay. So right here in the game, this is how you know T1's comp is effectively over. You, this is right here where you know it. Even if T1 were to aggress onto them and try to get a pick on and Kyria misses everything right there. doesn't matter. All Orin has to do is alt, knock up someone, Yasuo and Diana go in and kill two, two people instantly. Remember, just one knockup, have them kill two, the jungler killed two people. Then Yasuo wouldn't uh, kill the well, person. Listen, Ryan, Ryan, the TF pick can be really good. It's just for some reason, most of the time I see teams pick TF. The mid laner Iyer is not using him at all to like any advantage or they're just doing it in bad comps. And even beside this game, guys, even teams like RNG, I know RNG is like the first, the, they earned first place after the Rumble stage for MSI 2022. RNG has also not been challenged in a lot of their things. Like, guys, if you go back and watch when top esports were just basically inting their entire fucking spring split championship away from them, you could see where you can exploit um, RNG. But Gala has actually had a really good tournament, and so has Ben. And I think Gala and Ben are the two players, along with Ming, keeping the team afloat. Wei has been really effective, but he's only been really effective on 
Lee Sin, actually. So that's my thing. Uh, even with what this game is, is if T1 draft comps like that, they're not going to be doing very well because a comp mm-hmm. like that has to, you literally put, would have to have a 10,000 gold lead by like 30, by at least 20 minutes in the game for it to really matter. They didn't get that far. And it was shown that G2 team fighting comp, this is way better. Now, I don't know how G2 went from drafting like this to drafting like the other game uh, because I think their brains just turned off for a little bit there. They're like, you know what? Yeah. Our brains don't need to work anymore. Know. Who needs a brain, Yeah, I mean, right? fucking, I swear to God, why, why do so many mid laners play TF like they're playing fucking Syndra, though? <laughs> I mean. I, I'm getting sick of it. I get why you pick TF alt. Yeah, but they're lane. not yeah. using him at all. Well, to yeah. his advantage is like it's dumb. So my thing, like I Just get pick why you pick TF. You you pick TF. You alt bot lane. You dive. You alt top. You dive. The stun card. I get it, but I don't think they. I don't think most teams have ever really truly effectively utilized TF. Yeah, they and, haven't been. It's dumb. Just just fucking pick Syndra or Rise. I also wouldn't if, pick TF into Yasuo because guys, even from the last game I just showed you, every single thing TF can do is essentially. All based around that stun card. Yasuo just has one ability that negates that. One. Mm-hmm. So their entire ways of getting picks is ineffective, actually. Rakan could, could, could just, like, you know, dash away so the stun card wouldn't matter as much because he's going to be next to a teammate. Yeah, and what was Zeus playing again? And Was he playing Kenan? the uh, Kenan? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't understand how he thinks he can go in with Kenan. He, it, it would just get melted down fast later in the game, but okay. Was this the game? Yeah, this was the game where... EG taking down T1, baby. <laughs> Yippee. Yay. Zoe. Lol. Yay. What, what a shitty it. fucking comp. What is this? <laughs> oh, good job, Vulcan. Good job, dude. Hell yeah. Dude, Vulcan so... is just an international god, man. Holy fuck. Oh, my lord. So I watched this game and I was sitting here thinking to myself, God damn, NA, you are so good. NA is better than LCK if you win a meaningless best of one, guys. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. Yeah. If you win a meaningless best of one, you're the better region, even though the LCK yeah. has three fucking world <laughs> yep. titles. Well, that, well, that's EU's logic, so might as well stick with it. <laughs> I mean, also- to be fair, I, I don't think any either of these cons were bad. I just think. I just think Faker. Inherently, no. Doing... EG's comp is actually pretty good. Inherently, it's actually I think strong. both four. I just think I just think T1 gave EG too many comfort picks, and I think right. Faker was just not good job, Jojo. Doing... Beyond taking, I, I don't Faker. think Faker was doing that well on Zoe this game. I think those were the two biggest things that cost them. My thing here, also, as you guys, because people are gonna want us to talk about impact. Guys, I think Impact is really, really trying to get his team across the finish line. He is definitely trying, but Impact is just isn't as good as Zeus. Like, Zeus won against Impact in both of the matchups differently, people. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they, they they literally said they think they have a better top lane than RNG heading into the series. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you can see the gap. That it, uh, uh, Impact's trying, but you can see the fucking gap. Like Impact them. is trying. I I commend Impact for trying as much, much much as he had this tournament. He's been Impact is literally EG's MVP. If they didn't have Impact, oh my God, they would have not made Rumble stage. Impact actually has been playing well for his standards, it's, and he's did yes, well but against even the then you see the skill gap. He's just not as good. He's not as good as Zeus. He's not as good as Ben. Impact got solo killed. The Impact and Broken Blade have the most solo killed deaths out of any top laners remaining. Impact and Broken Blade. Now Broken Blade. Is, has also been playing bad. He's been playing legitimately bad as well, you know? So my thing here 
is like I understand how EG could win the game. You have Nocturne go in with your oh Galio would go in, Nocturne goes in, Nautilus knockups, Jinx, Super Mega Death Rocket would potentially have them all low enough where you can get resets. Just I understand dumb. what the cop they is doing. They should have just targeted fucking Danny. This is and dumb. Cobra. I T one needs to stop drafting comps like that. They need to stop drafting yep. comps on timers. Yeah, the, that, that's the first literally time their fucking downfall. They always do that. That's always what costs them. That, but because they get away with that in the LCK, they, it's it. You can't really get away with that kind of stuff internationally. I mean, you can it's against dumb. certain competition. Like T one could have these comps against a team like Detonation. Fuck me, because they're not going to like do anything against that. They're not inherently going to challenge them. But a Seriously, team like what EG, was Baker G2, doing RG? this game? What was he doing? <laughs> Good job, Zeus. Good job. Good job. Yay. <laughs> oh my god. They got all zoned away by Danny. Oh my god. And that's the thing is T1, I don't know how they're going to draft against G2. It was shown in that one game that I showed you that G2 is not going to fall for that. Even the, mm-hmm. the, the the second game that was a uh, pretty pretty one-sided, but I, like seriously though, that this is they should have just not went up on top lane so many times. They should have just let Zay Zayus could have handled itself well. He didn't need all that like Right, bot yeah. lane, bot time and bot lane with his team. They should have just targeted. I'm mean, sorry, top lane. My bad. They should have just went bot lane, like fucking three times, like four times. Just keep right, camping, right. Danny. That would have won them the game easily. And, 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 and Cobra, yes, down I, his I carry agree potential you. here. Cobra, yes, I do agree with you. Zoe is bad for what this comp is trying to offer, but. They were also winning the early game. And that's the thing with T1's comps is that they inherently draft comps on timers. You have to win at a certain point in the game or your comp is essentially useless. But they also win the early game. And they, it, they're they not – I'm not saying they're bad at pushing leads because it's shown they can push leads. They're bad at really capitalizing on leads that they get because we've seen mm-hmm. multiple times they try to do this, they've – they're on these timer comps, what people like to call them now on Twitter. These like timer comps they have. They don't, yeah. you have to, exp- your gold lead would have to be literally 10,000 fold for it to really matter. That, yeah, that, 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 that I, big, I agree with you, Cobra, though. That the Zoe pick out of all 10 Zoe picks, nothing here, the Zoe Galio. one is the one bad one. Zoe all the others nothing, are good. Zoe does nothing into Galio. Zoe will do nothing against Nocturne because he just obviously yeah. will turn the lights off. Yeah, seriously, I think this is like the. God, this is like the first time this MSI tournament where I didn't have fucking any problems with like nine out of ten picks. It's just a Zoe this game. And that's the telling part about T1's strengths in the Rumble stage, guys, is how can they draft timer comps where you have to win at a certain period point in time, win the early game, and then don't win? So it's mm-hmm. not really more or less so the picks. It's not it's not their macro. It's not anything about that. It's just that their comps is inherently use, how aren't, did you not kill them there? Fuck's sake. It's just inherently their comps are not fully putting out the strengths of team one's players. They're not. There's no like Guma Yusi, uh he's Let's been having go. a rough tournament. Good job, Impact. Good Let's job, go, dude. Impact. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Jesus Christ. Impact, I feel so bad for my uh, Hey, look, the Korean fans it. are getting false hope there. Yippee. That's what EG Yay. did. EG did that for false hope. That's what they did it for. Yeah, so they, they, they can do their side-by-side comparison of them being and then, excited. You know and then so fucking disgusting about this game? It's like T1 are like, you know what? We threw one Baron against them. They kind of caught on to what we were doing. Let's just do it again because that's the definition of insanity, guys. If it doesn't work oh, once, try, try again. Play. Look. Like, so T1 probably... 
let's just be honest here. They disrespected them by trying to start that Baron. And then when EG showed that they're not going to fall for that, T1 is like, you know what? Let's just do it again. Because it definitely worked out well the yeah, first so time, what was, uh, Faker? How effective was Faker here? Wow. Good, Good job, job, Faker. Good, <laughs> Good job, literally Faker. like maybe like two damage there in that fight. Good <laughs> job. What what a great pick. <laughs> and Danny realized if I don't die, we can win the game. That's it. And right here, yeah. he's pretty much winning. I get well, just camping fucking like five times in bot lane in the early game with Faker coming down. The done. The end. This game's over. Why didn't they do that? Like Zoe should have been easily able to just burst down Jinx if they if they got a big enough goldie. Good job, Faker. He got next to a Galio. He's like, I know there's five people there, but I'll just stay right there and just die. Uh, good lord. Oh, good god. Yeah, this is Faker's worst game this tournament. God. Obviously. Yeah, Zoe is actually a, a bad pick there. I definitely agree with that. Yes. It's just ah, god, man. T1, they're they're doing it to themselves, man. I I don't know what what they're trying to prove. They can prove that they can win early game with these kind of comps i mean it's very shown mm. they can win early game but these kind of comps don't do it for them yeah you know i, I think they need to like pick zona Tarek uh, in their g2 matchup i think uh if they hover zona Tarek, i'm gonna uh inherently cry because i don't want to watch that ever again <laughs> that's fucking horrible Why? what they play really well on it did you not see that one game hey uh i think wasn't that one of the fastest international victories ever <laughs> it was the <laughs> the soul garbage ig baby and then they're like, oh, yeah, let's uh, just go home early against Team Liquid. Yay. I was GP outscales Gwen. Nocturne does better later on in the game than Lee Sin. Galio definitely outscales Zoe, especially in everything involved with his kid. Jinx definitely outscales Callista. And Nautilus and Tark are pretty much even. So, yeah, EG's competition yeah, is like, better as the game get, moves forward. Uh, it's just dumb. They had the easiest strategy ever, just go down the bot lane a bunch of times. And then you didn't Good job, do Vulcan. It. Good job, dude. You're the best. God fucking damn. Vulcan. You know, I, I love how Peter Dunn's just on fucking Twitter all the time. Just like, gee, I wonder why Cloud9 got rid of fucking Vulcan. Could really use a support like that, right? This is why, dumbass. Like, yeah, he'll do well regionally. He has never done well internationally. Never. Holy shit. That game was a fucking shit show. And they should be and they should be proud of that. Because right there, guys, that win against T1 effectively got them out of the um MSI 2022 Rumble stage. That is a clutch win that they needed. And I'm glad they could be clutch in that in those kind of moments. Because other NA teams, if you needed them to win that match, they, it, it was looking pretty uh, dicey yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not gonna like say any names here, you know, like <laughs> team liquid. <laughs> Team Liquid. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yo, you having a stroke over there? Holy shit. Yeah, it, yeah my bad. Uh, you know, but yeah, I didn't, <laughs> didn't say any teams there. But anyway. Uh, like, EG has a worse record against EU teams. But, hey, yeah. they still managed to make it out of the groups. They did better, better than Cloud9 this year at MSI than, you know. Yeah. You know, I think I figure it out. You know, whenever Vulcan plays, like, internationally or, like, in any finals where he plays bad, under those moments he, he always wears like those glasses on stage i i think what happened is he's like blind he, he's wearing his blind glasses you know <laughs> that's what i would explain a lot so then on twitter uh danny was getting a lot of flame and i think he definitely deserved it. he was definitely playing bad danny has not had a good tournament guys like i know they got out of the fucking rumble stage but danny's not had a good tournament Danny's at a had yeah. a really bad laning phase. I mean, I, I don't understand no people criticizing the casters or hype. Like they're gonna okay, like 
Danny is literally like the biggest reason why they made it to MSI and won LCS and, and with those like hairy moments and those pentakills, right? Mm. And coming into the tournament, yeah, the casters each hype up the they hype up each team and they highlight a player to look out for. So why would they not hype up Danny after all that and, and mm. as like the the one of their NA players? Like what? Why would they not? That wasn't them sucking him off or hyping up, saying he's like the best ADC in the tournament. They're just, uh, I, I don't get people now criticizing for it. It's dumb. It's not like what G2 did saying, yeah, they're the best team in the world. Fuck off. <laughs> Holy shit. But yeah, so, he deserves the, some flame though. Yeah, My thing here is bad. if if these casters who claim to watch the LCS after, well, not the actual NA casters, like if anyone in general, whether if you're an analyst a person who talks about League of Legends, a person who writes about League of Legends on the various credible uh, sites that post League of Legends information. If you watch the LCS, Danny has had a bad laning phase, guys. He's had a bad laning phase, and we talked about this before. Yeah, but I, I did say, though, I don't think it's as bad as you were saying, but, but it's I, I be had an worse. asterisk. It's I said not even, as bad as you were yes, saying. But then what did I say? In, I also said it's going to be even worse against international caliber competition. Yes, well, that, that's what it. I was saying. I said it's not yeah. as bad as you're saying regionally because none of the teams taken advantage of it. So mm-hmm. he was okay in, in lane still with him and Vulcan. Obviously, right. regionally, though, yeah. But, I but mean, who yeah. uh, should be flamed more on Twitter, though? Fucking Vulcan, the last, like, six international events, he's been dog shit. Why isn't where's his flame? Why are you flaming the guy's first international event? Where's his? Like, compare Danny's performance against Flacket. Now, I know people have their issues with Flacket later on, obviously, the last losing suit they had, but Flacket's actually been very good. Like, overall, Flacket and Targamas have been very good for G2. Like, outside of their loss streak that G2 had, they actually have been performing very well. Like, Flacket, who's considerably a rookie. In, I guess you can say quotations, asterisks there, a rookie. Flacket's played way better than Danny. He's arguably what Danny should be right now. Flacket's played very well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I, I, I don't want to be that guy to say these kind of things, but it doesn't really matter if he's a rookie, guys. He's going to an international competition. He will be judged his whole career pretty much off this one, his, this one international tournament. If this was any other player, you would flame them. He gets the same amount of treatment that everybody gets. Just because you're a rookie doesn't mean that absolves you from getting flamed. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you're a rookie, a veteran. doesn't matter. Vulcan's been not getting enough flame, in my, in my own personal opinion. He's been playing pretty bad, actually. I don't know how. Like, Vulcan inherently was face-checking everything, just giving over free deaths constantly a lot of the times that eg even lost was because vulcan kept face checking and dying consistently guys this is consistently this is not just like one time he's doing this it's like i get it you have to go and get vision i understand that but like the amount of times he got caught out and gave over an advantage it's like come on like i think danny and vulcan are gonna have a really tough a really big tough time with um gala and ming like going into that best of five but this is the thing guys is eg we're definitely stronger in best of fives than BO1s. I know a lot of people pointed that out, and that's definitely a point mm-hmm. you would want to bring up. They are better in best of fives. Best of ones are just so volatile, you know, and I, I don't know why a lot of people, like, don't understand that, though. Like, if you acknowledge that BO1s are volatile, 
and you not and you acknowledge that a team is not good in bo ones like Mad Lions are not good at bo ones, then if you say their strengths at best of fives, then in best of fives you could give them more leeway and go okay they can adapt to this they can change to this. I don't know, like that could be a thing, but it's not an absolute guarantee. So that's my thing. Is yes, EG did not look that good in the LCS twenty twenty two spring split regular season, but in playoffs they definitely turned it on against yeah. LCS caliber teams. Now, like, I, I wanted to get into some s- roster stuff now. Roster stuff? Okay. Yeah, so so the first on. one I wanted to say hold on, is, hold on. you. I proved you wrong, you hold motherfucker. I said, hold on. And this, and this man's still going. We got to do our predictions for the... For nah, the fuck you. Okay, fine. Predictions. We got to do our predictions. Fuck All right, guys. I who's winning? Wrong, and I'm going to say why. You're going to get... You, you, I, I'm definitely not ever proven wrong. I'm a fucking genius. What are you talking about? Well, so listen, it might, left? It, it might have just been because the player previously was that fucking bad that he was an, he's an upgrade, but mm-hmm. I proved you wrong, bitch. A- anyway, get to the predictions. All right, so what, what, where are we at right now for MSI? Okay, so RNG faces EG first. Hold uh, on, I, I got Rio, on. RNG. one second. One second, because I want to make, make sure we do them all at once. I'm pretty sure the finals weekend is all going to be taking place at once. I'm pretty sure. I just want to make sure I double check that. I don't want to watch yeah, college championships. College champion. You know, watch KKK yeah. six versus ass and dick. You want to watch that Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday? Okay, yeah. So it's all going to be determined. Okay, so on- three O R N G. Three O R N G. Yes, three two team one, and I'll say three two T one. RNG 3-1, I think EG would get a game. I think they definitely would, would get a game. Uh, I was thinking about giving them a game, but nah. RNG are going to beat the actual shit out of them like they <laughs> did in the previous round. T1 versus G2. Oh, you know I'm going with my boys, G2. Get into the finals, baby. EU versus China in the finals. I mean, oh, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I just think their coaching staff on T1 is going to straighten them up, and they've gotten more the hang of like the pin now this weekend so okay so in my predictions rng and g2 would face in the finals who who would win msi then because you have rng and t1 getting to the finals so who would win out of yours uh well i said t1 three two i think the even no, no, though no, rng the is finals. the better team this tournament yeah, i think the finals? t1 will pull it off so so you think t1 are winning the tournament yeah, and it, as long as Gumiyushi doesn't int that badly, yeah, I even though RNG is the better team, I think. Oh, also because I really don't want RNG to win. That that would just be laughable. Three MSIs, no worlds. That, I that, I want that for the memes. What are you talking about? I I need that for the memes. I needs it. <laughs> no, that that no, that would just be that would just make MSI even more useless than it already no! is. No, I mean it still counts as an international tournament. Shut I the guess. fuck up. <laughs> I, I mean, count I, those fucking MasterCard tournaments still. I mean, these are these are worth more than IEMs. That's a step up in the right direction, right? Probably, but yeah, remember when TSM actually thought they like won worlds from that IEM? They thought they're like, like one of the best every teams in the team world. Won an IEM, so has Cloud Nine, and you literally faced fucking WE, who was like <laughs> last place in LPL when they went to the finals against them. 
And this is the thing is like TSM thought they were the best team in the world after they won the IEM and then went to MSI and got absolutely just forced and shit stomped. Not only is this stupid enough because every team wins a fucking IEM at that time, but... Dude, Unicorns of Love won an IEM at one point. Unicorns of Love. Yeah. Dumb. All right, G2 or one at MSI 2022. I believe, I believe in the West to get another title. I believe, man. Like the, the biggest underdogs here. So I think G2 are going to win the tournament. I think it's going to be an RNG G2 finals. But what if EG managed to upset RNG? Because like EG are the biggest underdogs right now out of the top four major regions. Let's be honest, they're the biggest underdogs. What if EG beat RNG and beat let's say G2 in a rematch for NA versus EU rivalry in the finals of MSI, avenging Team Liquid. Or, or if, let's say T1 get to the finals. What if EG win MSI 2022? That'd be insane, actually. That would be... Like, if they actually win MSI, that is NA's first international trophy ever with huge asterisks around it, which is going to be so stupid. The first time NA might actually win a trophy, it's going to have the hugest fucking asterisks around it. You know, like, whew, I don't think EG are going to be beating RNG. But I'll, I'll say this, guys. If EG win out uh, semifinals and finals weekend for MSI 2022, that's really huge for NA. It is. Because the last other three, three remaining teams are definitely the strongest teams remaining. Like, team oh, well, even if they just make the finals, they get an extra seed. Oh, you're right. If. Yo, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Ooh, that's really... Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> you're going to have Cloud9, Team Liquid, 100 Thieves, and EGM Worlds. Oh, that's a, that's crazy. But I... Listen, guys, I want G2 to win. I think they're going to win the tournament. But if EG upset RNG and make the finals, in my mind, they don't have to win. Making the finals is already incredible enough as it is. In my mind, finals is good enough for them. And if they manage to win the finals, that's going to give NA fans ultra-mega copium. Like ultra, yeah. yeah imagine if EG, sorry, EU got the fourth seed and then Misfits made it to Worlds. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> if Misfits fucking go to the Worlds, I'm gonna cry. So yeah, guys, I think G2 are winning the tournament. If not, I I, I would love RNG baby, RNG. You know I love I love you, but you can't beat G2. The 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 caps the caps baldness hairline is too strong. And Yankos is now dating a Korean girl. Just like I, I, when Yankos was dating that Korean girl, I pictured myself dating her. So I got to picture myself in these G2. Uh, uh, uh -huh. Okay. You, you, you picture yourself next to a trash can. That's what. <laughs> All right, guys. So yeah, Sean has T1 winning the tournament. Uh, yes. I have G2 winning it. I, I really hope in the back of my head, I really hope EG win MSI. And I really hope they get to the finals. That would be so huge for NA. If you're an NA fan, if EG win, like, Imagine EG coming back into the LCS after leaving so long, coming back, struggling to get even to like a third place match, finally winning a trophy, going to MSI and winning the first ever international trophy for NA. That would be like the narratives, the storylines, like just out of this world are like, I could, I don't want to live in a world with them, but they'll be so, so good for NA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so for roster things I want to talk about, uh, I don't have any articles, things. just list them off, but. Okay, so first off, let's get to the biggest one, Immortals. They finally did what many other LCS teams are fucking idiots not to do. They mm -hmm. got Kenvi, finally. He has Immortals just been Kenvy. dominating yeah. 
the fucking circuit for ages. He's like 18 jungler. He has so much potential. It's like the next blabber, except doesn't int like him. Oh my God. This guy and his fucking, this guy and his love for these yes, random. This guy's going to kick ass with Power of Evil. Hell yeah, the Power of Evil. Yes, <laughs> big prospect. And then they also got lost to replace Arrow and Wild Turtle. Oh, give me, give me, give me the lost article. Well, I don't have an article for you. You'd have to search it up yourself. But I, oh, I'm just yeah. reading off of like the LCS the wiki. The black guy doing all the work here, guys. That's what yeah, we do. Yeah, but right yeah, now. they, yeah, they, so their roster is Revenge, Ken V, Power of Evil, Lost with Sterile Arrow, and I believe Wild Turtle in the system, and Ignar. That is definitely an upgrade. Now, ADC is still questionable, but Lost did improve this year. He did improve a lot, um, especially with a support like fucking Ole. Now, he's still, like, bottom of the pack, though, like, 7th or 8th ADC, but the ADCs in LCS are fucking stacked, so that's still pretty good. That's, like, solid enough for NA ADCs if the, if the, round, if your rest of your team is good and can, like, elevate him. So, yeah, I mean, it's an upgrade, definitely, and since they had the two fucking last place fucking ADCs in the league, Arrow and Wild Turtle, so anything, anything's a fucking upgrade. And then, yeah, Ignar is definitely an upgrade, although I still would have maybe went with another one. But, yeah, still, I mean, it could mm -hmm. be a good combo there. Great engages. And, then, yeah, Power of Evil's great. Kenvi's an upgrade. And, yeah, we still have Revenge there inting his ass off. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, yeah. Revenge is going to be um, in um, the LCK. I heard he's joining Damwon next split. Oh, yeah, nice. I mean, it would be an upgrade <laughs> over Bertle, So Good God. So... Ken V is joining Immortals. I think that's good because, as you guys know, Xerxes is going to be on Astralis with Kabe and Vizichachi. That old splice lineup. Get the boys back together, baby. Yeah. Again, the fact that no team had Ken V on their roster to start the season is just insulting. But whatever. That that NA doesn't actually scout. They just pick, you know, who they know. So yeah. what are you going to do? That's why it took fucking Neo so long to get the LCS. But anyway, uh. Here, I then have the Golden right Guardians, who are they replacing them for their ADC? Uh, they're just having Stick say back in. I mean, what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I am so confused by that. They benched Stick say for Lost, and then we're like, you know what? Stick say, remember all those titles we won? Remember all those trophies we got together? Remember all, all those uh semi-final finishes we had no they never existed guys that never happened that literally literally never happened stick say is bad guys stick say is bad i i, mean, I understand they know that he was on one org for like seven years as long as sneaky and bjergsen on uh cloud nine and tsm that's crazy thing like, about, yeah yeah he was like that for clg <sighs> that's the crazy thing but so so my thing here is that's just this is just bad roster decisions and i know that golden guardians picked up leader for their academy team guys i'm being honest here because this is what happens all the time i've seen this a number of times i've seen it too many times too and i know exactly what's gonna happen the blaze olive starts playing badly because he actually did he actually did very well last play he actually did very well no, he was like fucking top four easily he was on my old pro team if he plays bad and golden guardians have a slight losing streak you can see them putting in leader they'll yeah, change it's the roster be like enough. on the fucking yasuo yeah baby <laughs> I I oh, could I could see a world where a Blaze Olive or the team starts underperforming. They want to do like a little bit of a switch up to try and make things different, and they 
put in leader. There's no way you grab leader and you just stick him in academy. But this is what I've always told people though. Leader is a, I, I didn't like leader on vitality that last play he played. I thought he played pretty bad, but leader himself is not a bad player. And against the LCS millionaires right now with the talent pool being so bad, leader could easily perform very well on golden guards Academy and then potentially get picked up to it for an LCS team. If they want to have an upgrade in the mid lane, like, LCS Midlanders guys were looking really, really suspect. Mm-hmm. Pretty suspect this, this yeah. fucking split. So yeah, I, I'm just so conv- I understand that loss. Like they fed him a lot of resources, so maybe they wanted someone who takes less resources in ADC. But they he, he successfully used those resources. This split lost mo- majority of the time when it was they because gave of him that play. last series against Cloud Nine, where he was literally invisible. We just did like nothing. Yeah, but it, you know, but that was just a team gap, all right? That's what happens when you sign fucking. When your players are Ole and fucking holy fuck. So when your All best right. player is like a bit washed licorice, then yeah, I mean, you're, you don't have much hope. That's not his fault, but whatever. Uh, sources, Immortals signed Kenvi until 2024. He will be replacing former Immortals jungler Xerxes. Yes, this is genius, but whatever. Kenvi signed with Immortals until the end of 2024, sources told Upcomer on Thursday. He will compete in the League of Legends Championship Series this summer. Kenvi signing Kenvi signing was first reported by Blix.gg. Kenvi is a player that grew quickly in the North American scene. At first, he was acquired by 100 Thieves Next, an amateur team in 2021. The following summer split, 100 Thieves promoted him to their academy team in 2022. Kenvi and 100 Thieves Academy finished second place at the LCS Spring Proving mm-hmm. Ground. Many North American teams were tr- were eyeing Kenvi for their potential future LCS rosters. Locking Kenvi in now is a big acquisition for Immortals. Yeah, why didn't they do that earlier, those fucking idiots? And they should have did the same thing with value. Now they have fucking a, a three-way combo with Lost, Wild Turtle, and Era. What a great ADC lineup. <laughs> Instead of just trying out value, whatever. Immortals who finished 10th in the LCS Spring Split have brought in a couple of new... A couple of other new talents as well. Botlaner Lost and Support Ignar also signed with the team. Lost was acquired by Immortals via a player trade with Golden Guardians and not a buyout, sources told Upcomer, following a report on him signing with the organization. Immortals sent top laner Concept to Golden Guardians Academy as a player trade. With top laner Revenge, Lost and Kenvi, Immortals are building a young core of North American residents Ignar and mid laner Power of Evil, who is also staying with the team, will fill up the two import slots for now. Yeah, Power of Evil gets to reunite with Ignar because they had a lot of success on FlyQuest yeah. back in 2020 and Misfits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I just... Uh, listen, I I just think there are better... There are just better ADCs in, like, the NA circuit that I think they could try out them and Golden Guardians Lost and Stixie. That, that guy Kaori on EG Academy. Yeah, that him and, awesome. There's just many others. Even fucking Kim would be probably an upgrade over fucking Lost and Stixie. Like, there are so many ADCs in the circuit that I just don't understand why they aren't given a chance over guys like fucking Wild Turtle still. It's so weird. Like, the NA ADC pool is stacked. Just, like... Immortals also consider jungler Sven Skarin for this position. The Danish jungler is in the process of getting his green card per sources. Okay. I thought he already got it, but... Now we have the other piece of news, which is Dignitas signed Gamsu as top laner after seven years away from the team. I fucking... Okay, listen, it might have been just because Fake God's a fucking... 
Was that fucking trash in the NA fucking toppling pools trash? So it was an upgrade, but I told you he would somehow climb his way at like fucking 28 years old into the ALCS somehow, even this if is... it was just being subbed in for a couple games. I told you, bitch. Oh my goodness. Because yeah. I mean, Gam- Gamps was on Dignitas back in 2015. Oh God. Poor JJ as ADC. Didn't he have fucking Apollo on that team as well? I I don't remember, but yeah, Core JJ was the ADC on Dick no that Apollo year was on uh tip with impact. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Oh lord, remember they had that one top laner doing this house back when they had Billy Boss. Oh yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, remember Wilt Winter Fox's top laner? What a great guy, silly on. <laughs> that guy was literally like a bronze player whose brother was just like convinced the LCS team. This guy's a superstar in Korea, and then he imported. And he was literally, he's literally like the worst LCS player of all time now. Literally Dignitas, makes it look good. Dignitas signed Gamsu as top laner after seven years away from the team. Gamsu was back in, in the Gamsu. LCS after a long break. After a break of seven years from the League of Legends Championship Series, Dignitas, Quantum Pei have signed Korean top laner Gamsu for the 2022 Summer Split. League of Legends insider Alejandro Gomez broke the news for Blix.gg. Well, I guess I have to now use Blix. Yeah, but I, I don't understand. I don't think people understand how insane this is, though. How the guy it's literally actually a great storyline, actually. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I don't know how it'll play. Probably not too well, but I, I, it's such a feel good moment. Like this guy literally leaves to another esports Overwatch league for years, which is, you know, tr- fucking trash. So let's not talk about that trash. He's fucking dead esport, but yeah, wins the title there, then comes back in like 2019 at, at, at like 26 years old. A year later, finally signed with an amateur, not even academy team, amateur team, 100 Thieves next, climbs his way somehow at like 28 years old onto their academy team, and then somehow fucking climb, and, and 100 Thieves is a team filled with superstars, and then just Gamzu as the weak link, but then somehow then climbs his way onto an LCS spot here. Uh, like, that is insane, especially as an, uh, especially as not only an old player, but an old top laner, it's even fucking rarer. Like, th- this is insane. This is literally the Vizachachi story. Gamsu formally played for Dignitas from late 2014 to late 2015 before switching games and eventually competing in the Overwatch League. Now, after retiring from Overwatch, he has fought his way back to the LCS after a strong stint on 100 Thieves Academy. It's been seven years, but he's back. Just like my dad. He's coming back, guys. No, it's not going to happen. Gamsu returns to Dignitas. Gamsu initially impressed by helping 100 Thieves next. The organization's amateur team qualify and compete in tournaments like Challengers Uprising Season 3. Most notably, he helped the team reach a third-place finish at EGL Summer Showdown 2021. When he was promoted alongside next teammate Chad to 100 Thieves Academy, everything clicked. In his first tournament with the roster, they won the LCS Proving Ground Summer 2021. With the two new players, the roster made a mark as the best academy team in the region. Gamsu continued to show what he could do, finishing second place in the NA scouting grounds in 2022. As the new year came around, he remained on 100 Thieves Academy despite many other changes. Gamsu was the only returning player from that 2021 academy roster, but the 
team continue to fight against the best academy and amateur teams in the LCS Proving Grounds Spring 2022. Gansu proved the title last summer was no fluke by finishing second place with an entirely new cast around him. So when 100 Thieves announced Gansu was departing, the hint of a promotion to a major league was seemed possible. Dignitas' future with Gamsu. If there is one thing that Gamsu is known for in his league career, it is consistency. With this signing, he is one of the few players in esports history to have played at the top level in two different esports three separate times. Fnatic, Shanghai Dragons, and now Dignitas. His experience in, all, in esports at only 27 years old is immense. Now the oldest player on Dignitas, he can add another veteran presence to the rest of the Dignitas roster. Yeah, that's crazy. Like Dignitas, we know guys definitely needed an upgrade in top lane. I don't know why they even kept Fate God going into this year alone. I don't yeah, know I, why I they kept him. It, like if I he's really performing, can't. I saw his games from the Proving Guys. Actually, he played really well, and I was like, wait, why is if he's playing this well in Academy and teams are still opting into keeping Fate God? What are you doing? What? Yeah, well, what to is, be fair, he was like one of the, the, if not the weakest link on like the Hundred Thieves Academy team. Because that's my thing, dude. Is what are some of these teams doing in terms of roster building? Like, well, they, they don't scout; they just get who their friends are. You know, that's even what, that's if, why Wild Turtle got an LCS spot this year. Still, yeah, because he played with fucking Power of Evil. Yeah, Power <laughs> Evil convinced. Hey, if you want me, you have to get Wild Turtle. Right, fuck value, fuck uh, Kaori. You got to get him. Oh my god, that's just some weird, stupid shit. Like going into this year alone, they still opted in to fucking pick up <laughs> fake. They still opted into keeping fake god. Like, what the absolute fuck, dude? Holy shit, man! All right, the last thing we're gonna go over today, guys, for this episode, of the Cloud Nine podcast is. The Cloud9 video that came out a bit ago. Because I know a lot, a lot of people talked about, like, why did they get rid of Jensen? To be fair, guys, look at it this way. They got rid of Jensen, but they still proved they, they could win without Jensen. When they got rid of Jensen, they won two titles without him. Because remember, Jensen never won titles for Cloud9. They won titles you, with You two know, and it would have been three if it wasn't for uh, Reaper. Good, good job, buddy. <laughs> So after Cloud9 got rid of Jensen and he went to Team Liquid to form that super team back in 2019, in 2020 spring, they went with Niski. 2021 spring, they went with Perks. They make it to MSI without Jensen. They also make it out of groups without Jensen. Every single thing mostly that Jensen did and didn't do for them, Cloud9 did without Jensen. The only thing Jensen never did for them was go to MSI with them and win a title. Cloud9 went to MSI without Jensen. They won titles without Jensen after a long period without having him. And they made out of groups without him. So Cloud9 has factually shown to you they could do it without Jensen. But after the split, uh, you know, they had some issues with LS and the roster that he brought on. Yeah, so ba yeah basically him. what happened was, uh, you know, uh, Jack would... No, I, I can't say the fucking... I, I would get canceled. Forget it. I'm not saying the fucking joke. I, I can't. I'm sorry. Summit, like this is the thing. Blabber said they wanted to move on from you know playing with Summit. I mean, we all could have noticed that by how badly Summit was playing. Now I get it; it wasn't all his fault. And I think if they had been able to tame Summit and shape his values and views of Leak into their organization, he could have been the best LCS top laner ever. He could have been like the shy for LCS. He really could have. He had that amount of potential. 
just wasn't going to work out. Then there was those rumors that Summit could have went to TSM. That's just Summit. That's just death. Don't do that. Uh, that's going to kill your career. Don't do that at all. <laughs> Please don't go to TSM. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cloud9 showed, Jack showed he can do well without Jensen. But just, you know, right now you kind of need him back. And I think they'll be with each other for a long time. Like Jensen also, if you look at it from a Jensen point of view, Jensen didn't win titles with Cloud9. He won it with Team Liquid. Jensen himself got to MSI without Cloud9. Jensen himself also pulled off one of the biggest upsets ever when Team Liquid took down IG. They made it to MSI Finals. So I think when Jensen and Cloud9 split from each other, I think it was beneficial for both parties at that time. Both of them needed to grow in different ways, and they did grow. Jensen got what he wanted. Cloud9 got what they wanted. Both parties won. That's so rare in League to have that, but it happened. Jensen won titles without Cloud9. Got to a high placing at international events without Cloud9, mm-hmm. just the one event. Cloud9 won titles without Jensen, got out of groups without Jensen. I mean, that's great. I, I just think at that time they needed needed to split from each other, you know? And here was the video that everyone kept raging about. Like, guys, this is a pretty well done video here. I don't know why people were bitching and moaning about this. People were bitching. You should read the comments. This is did not have the best spring performance, and we need to make some adjustments to make sure that we can actually return to going to Worlds. Uh, me personally, in the ten years of managing teams, I've only missed Worlds one time. I never want to make sure, like, I never want that to happen again. I know Jensen has never missed Worlds, so I'm really excited that he's here. Yeah, I mean, the plan is to keep that trend going. So, uh, see you guys at Worlds. NA's last hope. I love how they just added that on there. I love that shit. All right, so just to be really clear, I know there's a lot of a lot of rumors out there, guesswork, what we're doing with our roster. Um, a lot of it's been right. So Fudge going from mid up to top. We have Blabber. He, oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Fudge goes back to top lane. Thank you, Jack. Please. In jungle. Jensen is taking mid. We have Berserker in the AD carry position, and Sven is coming yeah, in. What do you mean? Please, man. Fudge and, and, uh, in mid. So am, am I going to pick it up girls by that logic? Uh, hey, listen. I didn't, Nobody said Fudge would be amazing in mid lane. Not me or Warren. We said he would be good enough. And he was right. good enough, and he was literally their best player in playoffs. Obviously, you need somebody better for mid lane, and he's not good enough like to make it out of groups and shit we weren't saying but it was his first split if he continued to play mid he could have grown more like he, he did in just pop. as good as pole belter that's what that, that, that's all and, and, and yeah which is i mean hey it's good enough with, with roll swap and hey give me a second uh let me have i'm t- i'm uh, having I this tab I'm- here what the fuck was that okay Something that's also new and exciting is that he got his green card just recently so um he's all na all the way we love NA. Yeah, we love NA. I guess entering the off season, Cloud9 didn't have the results they expected. And- That's definitely true. Yeah. Like, they got pretty handily smacked around in playoffs by 100 Thieves and EG. They actually only defeated a team that was just arguably worse than them, which is crazy. And, you know, I reached out to them to hear if there was any interest. And immediately, you know, I know that they have goals of making it worlds and just having good international runs and it seems like we kind of just aligned in the same idea that we want to be a competitive team and yeah i mean it just made sense in the uh off season of last year uh we were actually really interested in having jensen join our team but there was these uh 
massive buyouts that kind of are kind of in the way of making something like that happen. So I looked at other opportunities that didn't have those issues to, to stop it. Um, but now those problems are gone and we really need them more than ever. So it was really, you know, fantastic fit. So I guess the systems weren't working out with LS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you should go to that part in the video. When I reached out to him to talk about the team we were building, he was really interested in what we were doing. And um, I know I had Blabber going, you need to make this happen. I had Fudge saying, you need to make this happen. I had Sven saying, you need to make this happen. So we made it happen. Going into the off season, we wanted to move away from working with Summit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why didn't Berserker say anything? What the fuck, man? Come I think on. he was out of the country. No, he was out no, of the country. No, it, it, you, you have to say it in Korean, Jack. You need to make this, well, how, how do you see you need to make this happen in Korean? How, what is it called? They wanted to um, move away from working with Summit. So, and people go like, but he was playing so well. But yeah, if the players themselves don't want to play with the guy, then it doesn't yeah, matter. The guy's too selfish. Um, and we thought the best option that we have for top lane would just to be have Fudge go back because. Top lane options are a lot more limited, in my opinion, than mid lane options. Um, as well as Fudge was already really good at top previously. So we wanted to move him back top, and that meant that we were going to have to look for like a new mid laner. Um, and like there are some EU options that we also were looking at, for sure. Um, but one of the first people that came to my mind was Jensen. Just because, for me, I've wanted to work with Jensen in the past. Um, like after we stopped working together, uh, I had a good time playing with him. I've always thought he was very talented and I wanted to play with him again. So I was definitely one of the people pushing for Jack to pick up Jensen. Um, and in the end, they were able to come to an agreement. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how it happened. Yeah, look, Fuzz right there was like, why am I being held hostage right here for this YouTube video? He's like, mm -hmm. I just wanna I just wanna go out and get hot ladies in LA, just like I'm able to yeah. do actually. Yeah, I mean, he keeps fucking chatting with, like, Chinese ladies on Twitter or some shit. <laughs> like, I, I see myself in Fudge, generally. I see myself in all these no, different no, you, white you, men. You see yourself in fucking, uh... You know, what, what's a good example for MSK? He sees himself in fucking Destiny stuck in Academy right now, there. Holy shit. Oh, my goodness. Actually, I was a bit worried about picking up Jensen, just because I didn't have a very good first impression of him. Um, but then... Blabber sort of convinced me to talk to him. Blabber and Sven convinced me to talk to him to at least see how the conversation goes. And I think after talking to him, I was pleasantly surprised with how uh, willing he was to... There was, like, there was like bad rumors about him, I guess, as a teammate, but I think he was able to address them really calmly and objectively. And I, I liked the, my conversation with him a lot which made me very willing to work with him because I think he's really, really good as a player. And my only like possible worry with him was possible like team issues, team dynamic issues. But after talking to him, I'm pretty happy um, to play with him. And then I pushed personally to get Jensen in the team. I think that... So crazy how like he was the guy who made fun of Jensen being short in that finals back in 2019. <laughs> and they're on the same team together. That's crazy. And people got... We're, bit, we're bitching and moaning about that too. I was like, guys, stop it. He's just fucking around with him. You guys have no <laughs> sense of humor. But yeah, well, I mean, that's league fans for you. What are you going to do? I swear, league fans have like no sense of humor, dude. Like, you, you yeah, can't have NA fans of these are people. soft as fuck. So, like, guys, I'm glad that Jensen's back on Cloud Nine. I, it, it would be great if he could win 
a title for Cloud9. It, like, that's the thing. A lot of people are predicting that they could win the LCS 2022 summer split. But remember, you also have teams like 100 Thieves and Team Liquid who will also want to have a word with them as well. That EG versus the 100 Thieves rematch is about to be spicy as fuck. But, you know, I, I think um, the league scenes right now have a lot of nice, healthy rivalries. Uh, not the NA versus EU rivalry. That is just toxic as hell. But it's just fun to have these rivalry matches in general. But I'm glad that Jensen could move on from Cloud9, get what he needed one year, and then the following year, Cloud9 could get what they needed, which was winning a title. They And then that's the thing. Jensen probably thought, you know, that Cloud9 couldn't really beat him, you know? And remember, Cloud9 beat Jensen in playoffs, actually, as well. So that's the thing. You know, I'm glad both parties managed to get what they needed. And I think people said that uh, the Team Liquid roster could essentially blow up uh, if they don't win Summer. Like, if the Team Liquid roster cannot win Summer, that is really telling, actually. That is just really, really, really bad. Yeah, well, I mean... They they should have whatever. I, they should have whatever. I, that's a great. I, I just I, I just don't understand why they thought Kenvi wouldn't be a good fit for them. Letting a a carry a young carry jungler like it, you know, do work. Whatever. It would have been a good fit, but whatever. Now now Immortals has him. They might ruin him, but you know we'll see. So my thing here is, uh, I just hope it works out for Cloud Nine guys. As you guys know, I love Cloud Nine. Like, all the teams in my Twitter bio, bio are the ones I actively try to support, you know. And Cloud9 is one of the main ones, and I hope they do very well. You know, I hope G2 wins MSI 2022. When we get a chance to talk about the MSI 2022 semifinals and finals matchups, actually, uh, coming into the Cloud9 podcast next week. Sorry there wasn't a Cloud9 podcast last week. I just chose to take a break. And between the... The minor region slaughter stage versus the rumble stage. It was just so close together. We, yeah. I just didn't have well, a time. I am so worried right now. It's Ven plays poorly in the role swap position. That that means uh, you know who's going to play then. Your favorite LCS player is coming up to play. Come up to bat. <laughs> I am going to slit my fucking wrists if that happens. <laughs> but look at it this way, dude. He's definitely going to do very well on Cloud9 because Cloud9 Cloud9 systems are better than Immortal systems. Yeah, I mean, him yeah. a much better support player. Yeah, you know, he he blocks a lot of damage on Twitter, you know, with a hammer. <laughs> I mean, I mean he can't really block much damage in game though, sorry. Like my thing here with MSI 2022 guys is I think MSI next year needs a format change. I would love double elims and just make it so the minor regions have a chance to compete. I, it's better if minor regions compete against each other consistently to build up their confidence rather than facing teams like T1, RNG, where they're just going to get slaughtered. They're just going to get slaughtered. And I think that's not mm-hmm. fair to them, you know? Like, I get p- people want to meme on NA. Yeah, I, I get but it. let's be honest here. NA literally whooped the shit out of the minor regions. They beat P- PSG, Bumble Buffalo, and Order pretty convincingly. I mean, if that doesn't convince you right there of their record against wildcard uh, regions, wildcard teams and minor regions, I don't know what else to tell you. You're just living in delusion at that point. You know, if you want to live in delusion, that's up to you. But I'm not living in delusion. I live in the real world, actually. Um, 
but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, sorry there wasn't an episode last week. I also needed a break, not from just the channel. I'm not burnt out or anything like that. It's just like, you know, I never had a break from this channel. So I just want to take a little break, reset, and then, yeah, back at full force. Um, if there's any news, I'll definitely put those videos out. But, yeah, it's mostly just going to be waiting for MSI 2022 and just the prep yeah, that goes with yeah, that. It's just crazy how a team literally wins twice against an MSI team who went 4-0 but didn't make it out. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, there's this massive record uh, that, that Isaiah put out. Like, the major regions really, really dominated um, this MSI. And if this doesn't show you that they're – like, the gap is, is just – the gap was always never there. The minor regions just got lucky when they got their wins. And I'm not saying that it's luck because I'm salty. I'm saying it was luck because it's not a consistent thing. What I value luck, it's more like it's not consistent enough to really – build up the huge sample size to go like, okay, they're better. Like that one pentanet win me meant nothing. It literally meant nothing. So if you factor the, the, this in, major versus minor regions went 36 and three at MSI 2022. RNG was 13 and zero, even after RNG. Good, good job, G2, good job. It, this is the thing, RNG won an extra set of games after Riot erased their victories because of the whole um ping latency issue that went on remember guys t1 10 and 0 eg 8 and 0 g2 5 yeah, and i love how he called him palm boo buffalo instead of sagon buffalo uh, I, I wish they kept their original name that was way better than fucking sagon buffalo whatever and that's the thing is i mean listen guys i know impacts like impact is trying his damnness to carry eg and i hope he can carry them against rng i just don't think that's gonna be a thing but if this record right here doesn't show you that the minor regions have no chance of competing with major regions, I don't know what I'll show you, honestly. There was enough games to show you, okay, there's a big, big, big discrepancy between minor and major regions. There's a big discrepancy there. You know? Yes, people... And then Azale brought, brought this up on Twitter, and people were like, oh, well, EG is 1-9 against major regions. What the fuck does that have to do with this? What the fuck does that got to do with this? People love goalpost moving. I love the goalpost moving. I love it. But yeah, we will see you guys later. Um, tomorrow, I'm watching Top Gun Maverick. Uh, me and Sean are gonna re review the first Top Gun movie in about like an hour from now. I gotta just get a shower. Right, did you say uh, tomorrow you're gonna watch it? I'm gonna watch Top Gun Maverick tomorrow. Okay. My first showing. I gotta go to the first showing. I'll be out on my neighbors. I fucking arguing. I'm gonna go now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll review Top Gun in about like an hour or two, actually, eight or seven. Okay. So I'll see you guys later. Goodbye. Have a great weekend, everyone. Peace.